Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT The dawn of new ICES approaches. But are there problems in store for the revamped investment products? Unanswered questions abound for the new pensions regime. Is the government any closer to answering them? And for just how long should independent financial advisers stand liable for bad investment advice? Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's most downloaded podcast. I'm James Pickford, and I'll be giving you all the money news this week in downloadable form with my FT colleagues Joe Cumbo. Hello. And Emma Dunkley. Hello. Plus a special studio guest, Matt Connell of Zurich's UK Life Business. Hello. The world of ICES is about to experience a seismic event. These tax-free individual savings accounts, introduced in 1999, have become the UK's most popular savings products. But in his March budget, George Osborne announced some dramatic changes to the ISA regime. From July the 1st, savers will be able to invest as much as £15,000 in a tax year, up from £11,520. It's not just the maximum limit that is rising. Until now, savers could put money into a stocks and shares ISA, but weren't allowed to switch it into cash. From next month, they'll be free to put as much as they like into cash or stocks and shares and transfer it between the two. And for the first time, savers will be able to transfer previous year's funds from stocks and shares ISAs into cash ISAs. The changes could herald a new era of financial flexibility because they give people the ability to swap around their investments as their risk profile changes over time. But some have suggested the July 1st D-Day for new ISAs or NICEs could turn out to be something of a damp squib. Emma Dunkley joins us now to explain why. Emma, these new ICES are surely a good thing for investors and savers. Why are some in the industry suggesting that they might not take off? Well, first off, this is good news because investors can put a significantly higher amount in a tax-free wrapper, as you say, £15,000 for this tax year from July the 1st. And just to point out, the flexibility rules are really important because previously savers could only move from a cash ISA to a stocks and shares ISA. The ability to now transfer money vice versa means that when interest rates rise and cash accounts offer a higher rate of interest, those savers that are perhaps a bit more risk adverse can put more of their money back into a cash account from a stocks and shares ISA. However, there are some problems with the suggestion that there is this super ISA. 
there was a lot of talk following the budget that there would be one ISA that encompasses both savings and stocks and shares. Banks and platforms are looking to do this through the stocks and shares ISA. So there's a cash component within this ISA that has typically been used as a cash park in the past. So investors would put a tiny bit of money in here and perhaps wait until they can invest it in the stock market. As a result, this cash park of the stocks and shares ISA has earned a limited amount of interest and it has also been taxed at a basic rate level. Under the new rules, this cash park will no longer be taxed. So now platforms and banks can offer this stocks and shares ISA with the cash element within that without being taxed. However, the interest rates earned on this cash element are still extremely low. And how low are we talking about? Are these predictions being made at the moment on on the new ISAs in July? We're talking very low, so around 0%, which essentially renders it pointless in putting your money into the cash element of a stocks and shares ISA. And the reason for this is that banks are reluctant to hand out interest on such short-term deposits. The way these stocks and shares ISAs are structured at the moment means that the cash park element is like an instant access account. So people put their money in for a short time and banks are unwilling to pay a decent amount of interest on this. So platforms are currently exploring ways they can alter this in order to provide a higher rate of return on the cash element within the stocks and shares ISA to be able to offer one wrapper to everyone. But what's the worst case scenario? Do you think, could this be a flop? It could be a flop at first. There's likely to be a bit of concern that the cash element doesn't yield any interest. So people looking to put their money into one wrapper will be very disappointed. However, most banks and platforms are dampening expectations of this so-called super ISA or one wrapper by suggesting that, in fact, you can still just invest in a stocks and shares ISA and a cash ISA separately. So you can still invest in the two separate ISAs, but you have this expanded £15,000 limit and you can move freely between the two. So there's no need to rush into one investment ISA in the hope that you can also put your cash in and earn a decent amount of interest. So what should savers do? It's worth those savers looking to keep their money in cash, looking around for deals on ISAs from July the 1st, because it's likely that a lot of banks and ISA providers will offer increased rates as a sort of enticement into luring more customers into this new ISA. And it's also worth taking advantage of the extended £15,000 limit. At the same time, don't panic about there not being an enticing rate on the cash element of the stocks and shares ISA. It is likely that this rate will increase. And it's also worth remembering for those savers looking to move money out of the stocks and shares ISA into a cash ISA, perhaps when interest rates go up, that there are fees to pay when you move in and out of investments. So it's worth keeping an eye on that. Emma, thanks very much. Still to come on the show, the campaign to limit the open-ended liability facing financial advisors and what that would mean for consumers seeking redress. First, though, let's move on to pensions. The surprise felt at George Osborne's ISA reforms in his March budget was as nothing to the shock of his pensions revolution. From next April, the requirement to buy an annuity will end and people will be able to take cash out of their pensions at retirement without incurring punishing tax charges. As everyone's choices are about to get a lot more complicated, the government has said every saver should get individual face-to-face advice at the point of retirement. But how this is delivered, and at what cost to whom, are questions that remain largely unanswered. There are worries too about the timescale in which to set up the new system, 
which leaves providers with now less than a year to get everything in place. I'm joined now by Joe Cumbo, who in recent days has spoken to Steve Webb, the pensions minister charged with pushing through the reforms. Joe, Mr Webb has already overseen a series of changes to pensions before Mr Osborne made his budget intervention. Uh, Can you remind us of the key policy changes? One of the biggest policy changes which is coming into effect at the moment is automatic enrolment, and that's been rolling out since 2012. It's a policy where individuals, um, if they qualify, will be automatically enrolled into a company pension. And so far, there's been 3 million people uh, have done that since 2012. But there's also been uh, changes set in train to the state pension as it moves from the basic state pension to the single tier state pension in 2016. There's lots of change to be communicated to individuals about that. And there's also more change in the workplace afoot with a new charge cap price controls to be put in place for workplace savers from April next year. That sounds like a pretty big to do list. Yes. Um, but Where are we now with this uh, government guarantee that every saver should get free guidance on their retirement options? The guidance guarantee has been thrown into that very big mix that is underway of pension reforms and it was part of the freedom and choice reforms announced by George Osborne in March. And what it will do is give everyone retiring with uh, a defined contribution pension pot the right for the first time to a free session of guidance. And it's supposed to be impartial and face to face. That was promised in March. We're only about 10 months away from the first individual being asked for this session and we still don't have any details about who's going to deliver it, what's going to be said in these conversations. There's been lots of discussion and debate about that but still all those key details are yet to be told by the government. What's the worst case scenario for the industry? What's their biggest fear here? Well, from consumer groups, I guess that's where the biggest concerns are that the time, the tight delivery time frame, the pressures of getting this from scratch up and running by April next year will mean that the content is compromised, that people will not be told all the things that they need to be told in that discussion. For example, consumer groups want individuals to get some information about issues such as debt um, and longevity, for example, how long they will live or get them thinking about how long they will live. Um, All these things are very important to getting people in the right frame of mind to um, making sensible decisions about how to take your pension pot, whether or not to blast it or pay off down uh, a debt on a home or do something like invest it in an annuity. There's lots of more complicated decisions which need to be made from April next year. The fear is that the, the cost, the time pressures will mean that that guidance conversation doesn't include all of those key elements from day one next year. And is Mr Webb confident that he can he can get it all together in time? Well, I think they w- we will see something in place by April next year, definitely, because the government is committed to doing that. But what he's saying and what he told us during the interview is that instead of being fully formed on April 6th, this service, the guidance service, is likely to evolve. So the language is 
lowering expectations towards something that will start off and build up. But for savers, uh, for those accessing the guidance service from April 6 next year, will probably be a, a lot different from those what they will get in a year or two's time when the industry has had more time to bed down this policy initiative. Joe, thank you very much. FT Money's cover feature this week asks whether the government reforms to pensions under Mr Webb's stewardship can provide the answer to the challenges of financing retirement. FT Money is part of the Weekend FT, which is on sale on both Saturday and Sunday, and you can read online at any time at ft.com money. The Weekend FT is also available on mobile devices via a free web app in both Apple and Android versions. We're always keen to hear your views. You can leave comments on articles on our website at ft.com money, or you can email us directly. The address is money at ft.com. On to our final item for today. Independent financial advisors are calling on regulators to put limits on the length of time consumers have to complain about what they regard as bad advice. Advisors currently have a lifelong liability, meaning consumers can complain to the Financial Ombudsman Service about advice they've been given decades ago, even if their advisor has since retired. This means consumers have been able to chase big claims such as compensation for missold endowment policies. But the Association of Professional Financial Advisers is calling for a 15-year limit, arguing that the lifelong rule is deterring prospective financial advisers from joining the industry, while putting substantial stress on those in the profession. Matt Connell, Head of Government and Industry Affairs for Zurich's UK Life Business, is one of the spokespeople for the Zurich APFA Fair Liability for Advice campaign. Matt, thanks for joining us. Can you explain what the present situation is for advisors in terms of their liability and why this is a problem? Yeah, so at the moment, advisors are liable under the law and they're liable to complaints under the Ombudsman Service. Under both the law and the Ombudsman Service, there are time limits about when customers can complain. But those limits are connected to when a customer could reasonably have realised that something was wrong with the advice. Now, under the law, there's a long stop which says that whenever the customer could reasonably have realised that something was wrong, there's an ultimate limit of 15 years after the advice was given. And after that 15 years, you, you can't make a complaint. And the reasoning there is that after 15 years, it's almost impossible to determine what was said to whom all those years ago. Under the Ombudsman Service, though, almost by accident, when the financial services legislation was brought in in 2000-2001, this long stop wasn't carried across to Ombudsman complaints. So what are the implications for advisors of, of that failure? The implications can be very serious. There aren't very many complaints after 15 years, but those that do occur often occur when the advisor has retired and already divested the business. Um, As a result, we have cases where advisors in retirement are suddenly faced with a claim of uh, maybe tens of thousands of pounds. This is because when the advice was given, the discrepancy between the very best advice and the advice that was given might have been a relatively small amount. But over the years, this has compounded up into, into tens of thousands of pounds. So you have a situation where advisors in retirement are suddenly looking at their retirement savings being hugely depleted by, by certain very big claims. 
But isn't this 15-year proposal bad for consumers? For, for instance, um, some of these problems, one, one thinks of equitable life, might take decades to emerge. And that's not the fault of consumers, surely? No, it's, it's not the fault of consumers. And we absolutely don't want to create a proposal that is bad news for consumers. I think what you have to bear in mind is that if we have a sensible and fair limit for liability for advisors, there'll be more money invested in the advice industry, and that means there'll be more provision of advice, and so fewer consumers will suffer from a, from a shortage of advice. Would it be fair to say, though, that if I discovered something 16 years mm-hmm. after giving that advice, mm-hmm. I would have no comeback under, under your proposals? Under the 15-year long-stop proposals, yes. that, that is true. We've gone out and asked customers what, what they think of this. And in a, in a poll that we did with, with APFA, we found that of those customers who had had financial advice, about three-quarters thought it was reasonable that there should be a time limit. How likely do you think it is to come in? We were optimistic about it because we think that it's a fair thing for, for advisors and ultimately it will bring benefits to, to, to customers. We also think that there are different ways of addressing it. So the 15-year long stop is, is one way of addressing it, but the FCA does have other alternatives. For example, one, one alternative that we've suggested with APFA is you have a, a situation where an advisor can go to a customer at a certain period after the advice has been given and ask the customer to sign off for the advice liability. So, for example, if somebody's saved for a pension and they've reached retirement age and they reach the point where they can start spending the money that they've saved, the advisor can say to them, okay, let's look back at all the advice that was given in the run-up to retirement. You'll now reach the point where you can, in a position to make a decision about um, the quality of advice that I gave. And if you're happy with the advice, are you happy to, to sign off to say that that liability is now dealt with and that you're happy not to make a complaint about that in future. Matt, thank you very much. And if you want to know where to put your cash to work, there's always plenty of ideas in FT Money, and this week is no exception. Highlights from this weekend's edition. We ask how individual investors should set about valuing a company. We take a look at the student property fund, Brand O. And in a new summer series, we ask how young people can make sensible choices on investing and saving. We're always keen to hear from readers and listeners. If you want to let us know about a hot topic or share your thoughts, you can do so via Twitter. The handle is FTMoney, online at ft.com slash money, or via email. The address is money at ft.com. We'll be back next week, but for now, it's goodbye from me, Joe, Emma, and our special studio guest, Matt Council from Zurich. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.